You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather round, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hi, Tim. Hello, Sean. I got through the intro without gurgling in my throat. You sound way better. I I skipped the milk tonight. (laughs) Didn't start with that. Sean, we got a Reddit question that we can respond to. Oh, all right. I'm, I'm... I'm excited. Yeah, I think it's. I'm guessing this is a, either a new league or a league that's moving to this format. Uh, and the question was, they said they understand the reasons why salary increases are necessary, but they would appreciate some ideas on the genuine benefits of including them. He's he's interested in uh, he or she is interested in persuading his ling- league members that it's a beneficial move. I was just parsing this question. I understand why they're necessary, but will you tell me? What's beneficial to me is just a little bit like, could you explain the thing? I can't do it. I th- you do. Could you could you repeat the part where you said all about the things? things. The part of the stuff where you said all about the things. <laughs> just, just it's just it's persuasion points, right? You, I like, think what so. Are, what are the, like it's in you. Sometimes you know things, yeah. and they make sense, but you just you're really getting frustrated trying to talk to other people. There's talking points. Yeah, they talking some points. Talking right. points. So. Yeah. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? Well, just right off the top of my head, this, I don't know that this is necessarily a talking point, but if you're going to have a salary cap league versus a regular dynasty league. Or a keeper league. Or a keeper league, like this is what differentiates those two types of leagues. So you want to you want a setup where people or managers can't just keep a player forever, and that's what the salary cap does for you. Without a salary cap, the only reason why you would make changes to your roster is if players have a valuation change, right? Somebody's no longer worth their salary. And that's that's an important thing. But with the upward pressure, um, basically, it, you're kind of, it, it reflects like inflationary pressures and, and other things like that. Like the, the whole purpose of this type of league, I think, is the reason why it's distinct is because you're trying to mimic the pressures and forces that are going, NFL GMs have to deal with. And, you get lots of ways. You can get really extreme, and you can have you know all sorts of different uh, different uh, rules. You can have restricted free restricted agency, free agency and, and dead cap, cap and, and all that yep. stuff like that. You don't have to. I just I feel like one of the key things is to have some salary escalating mechanism uh, because then you're forcing managers to have to make choices, and you know. The it's not just how much is this player being paid and is it worthwhile, but it's also like, hmm, how this, long will how they long will they be good? Be good. And it's so there's it's you're adding like a third and maybe even a fourth dimension to the thinking, and it's much more complicated. So I'd say uh, I also think and I think the end result of that is to keeps it keeps leagues fresh. Like if you want to be dominant, you can be dominant. But you have to be you have on to, your game. Yeah, you have to work at it. You got to work at it. You can't just. You have to have foresight. And you have to kind of keep things fresh because that you know, like I talk about some of the players that I've had historically. But for me, I had Terrell Owens at a very cheap salary his entire career. I kept him for a very long time, but eventually his salary got so high that even though he was still a great NFL player, I had to I had to let him go because I, he no longer was a a salary bargain, even though he was super cheap in the beginning. And I, I think that that is kind of what happens in, in the NFL is eventually guys do move on and they move on because they can get paid more elsewhere. And yeah. it's the same kind of a thing. And for me, the ultimate talking point is we play this game for fun. Yeah. And be, because you have this pressure, especially if, if you have escalating salaries, you have this pressure where you can't keep guys forever. So you end up with more trades happening there's a richer free agent pool. Yeah, there's there's a lot of trades that happen simply because 
we all like this player. He's his salary is ten percent of the cap, and it's a fine salary. But the 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 owner that has that team doesn't have ten percent available. So they they're, they're going to move that player, not because the, no one dislikes the player, but because he he's no longer affordable. But he's affordable on somebody else's team, right? So you can still get value. So, and as we all know, as fantasy football managers, that it's fun to trade, and it's it's fun it is, to it's fun to do all this, and and it helps you not have those teams that are really bad for a really long time, unless the unless the manager's bad at it. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> but, maybe there's but having kind of like this constant refresh that's going on does allow if you get down, like you can get back up, right? right. And if you if you if you're up on top you got to work to stay there so that's that's, that's right. it's it's um i you know it just keeps things fresher so hope that helps good luck persuading your league mates to install some sort of in fact what i'll say uh back in way back in episode 15 <laughs> we went through establishing a salary cap league and it uh it sounds like you probably have an established league but there's some more specifics in there about how we instituted our salary cap and the escalating salaries. Well, and yeah, there's and there's a philosophical discussion about a lot of these things. So, so it is a, it is a good episode that I know a lot of people have gone back to, um, uh, just to kind of think, start thinking about certain concepts and and yep. we we've dealt with that here and we'll deal with it when people ask us questions. But yeah, but it's there. Yeah, go back and check it out. Last topic here before we jump into our our episode topic. Uh, Scott Fishbowl draft is all concluded now. Well, is is everybody all concluded? Because we finally well, finished. Between you and yeah, your your division and mine are concluded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm assuming everybody is. There could, be, there could still be some really slow drafts out there. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, there is a time limit ultimately where it has to all end. So, but I did, as I promised last episode, I posted both of our teams on this on the Facebook group. This is a fun reveal for me because I can't see this. <laughs> Um, uh, David from Kansas City, mm -hmm. the, the comment on your team was, I love this team. It's solid all the way around. <laughs> and then on mine, it was... I'll pay David later. <laughs> <laughs> and then his comment on my team was, not too bad. Uh, <laughs> and he and tried. He, that, yeah, nice, nice try, Tim. Uh, no, he had a question. I mean, he did say that. But uh, he had a question about kickers because kickers are pretty valuable in this league. So... The funny thing about the, the kicker scoring rule is it's the same kicker scoring rule we use since 1997. Yeah, minus <laughs> mi minus the bonus point for a yeah, midfield yeah, goal. Yeah, but that's, it is that's the new. Same. But the, but the concept itself, I'm I think Mr. Fish stole I th it. I think he stole it. I think yeah. he stole it from us. <laughs> and then one last uh, Nick. I don't know where Nick's from, but he he just said two words. Sean's better. <laughs> <laughs> so all right thank you for your feedback yeah I'm gonna, uh, thieves I, I, and yeah, uh nick is uh he's my new favorite well he, it's tough I, now now i just can't wait for the season to begin I know. yeah we'll find out we'll you, find right out. now you're thinking because your favorite i think even more than i am in our first matchup you said you're favored by like 10 points i think yeah. i'm only favored by like two and a half points so well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I really want to come out on top of at least one franchise in this in this league, and that's the uh, Steel Pad Sean team. Yeah, it would be. It'll be. It'll be fun. All right. All right. We are talking about fourth year players this week. Uh, these are players that may be coming off people's taxi squads. Maybe they need a second contract extension. So we've picked what we thought were a few players that may have some questions about them. Uh, and hopefully giving some advice that is useful to you, either stash, trash, or cash, these fourth-year players. Cash means... Like cash in. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trade them, yeah. Yeah. So trash, I, I don't know if we, how many trashes we picked. Did you pick any trashes? I picked one, I think. For me, the, the, the trash is like, it's tough because if you can get something, you know yeah. what I mean? It's so always... It basically means trash just might mean... Take even if you can take a ham sandwich, take the ham sandwich. Yeah, and yeah. you always start with cash. You always try to. You always, trade you always try for cash first. All right, Debo Samuel. Um, so I, I put down. I, I'll give you my conclusion first. Is I do feel like this is like one of those old NBA deals where he should be a sign and trade, right? Like if you have to, if you have a a contract decision uh, on him, uh, yeah, sign him, give him a nice long term deal, but then move him. Right, and and that's that's my current advice on it. 
He is our consensus number one player in this class. But that's for, for us combined. Um, I, I think you have him number one. I have him number two. Yeah, and I... I know. So you're, you're, I think you're thinking what I'm... But I, I, I wrote this out, and I, and I looked at it, and I looked at it again, and I looked at it again. And I just can't drop him much lower because of all the questions at the players below him. And that's, so it's, so that number one rating is yes. not so much a like pro Debo thing as much as it is like there's flags everywhere and there's flags with Debo. And I think I I'm, got through th- like three guys before I was like, gosh, it's just a question mark about number yeah. four. Yeah. And I can, I, there's, I can find a question mark on album, but, but yeah, the, that's what I mean. Like so I, even though Debo came out number one for us, I don't think we're really super excited about that. And the, and one of the big red flags is that in our own ratings, he jumped 11 spots between last year and this year. And that is, uh, and that's a lot. And well, he had such a giant year last year. It's like, it's recency bias, at least for me. It's like he right. put up 1800 yards and, I forget how many touchdowns, but yeah, and sorry, no, his ADP relative ADP went up eleven spots. Yeah, for us it was ten spots. Okay. So, but still, big changes, big changes. Um, so basically, the players that are kind of in his cohort and they've been there from the beginning. It's DK, it's Terry McLaurin, it's AJ Brown. Um, they've all been pretty stable, like. McLaurin came, got drafted way later than the rest of them, but like basically they all had very similar rookie years. There was a lot of debate about which one was the best one coming out of the rookie years. They all had pretty good years every year since then. They've been very functional players, all all of them. Um, some have had a little more success than others, but uh, the difference is that Debo's been kind of hot and cold. Debo has had years where were a year where he's been hurt and not very productive. And that's, and that to me is a bit of a concern because it's that plus the fact, like, I think I talked about Gabe Davis last week and, and how like, you don't want to be like at the projecting at the peak. Well, that was the peak. Debo's never going to do again what he just did. I, I'll, I'll feel comfortable in saying that he had a magical year. Um, Got to mark the tape here for the reckoning. You can, you can mark that. If he if he if he does that again, um, then I'll be happy to be wrong, and I'll, then I'll just remind everybody that I had him rated at the top. Uh, so here's the thing: is a big part of it with Debo. It's not lack of talent, but he has a very particular game that he plays, and it's very physical. Um, and as a result, and a lot, it's he's basically been a running back. Like he catches the ball close to the line of scrimmage, and then and then works. Uh, like uh, like a running back but he's not built like that and the end result has been a lot of injuries he has played in only 68 of 101 games going back to college so wow. roughly two-thirds of the games he plays one-third he misses um and this is without this is not generally speaking just major injuries like you know uh it's a, it's a lot of uh a lot of nicks right um, so, uh, that's, that's one reason why I, th- I feel aggression is coming. You need to be aware for that. Another one is the quarterback change that San Francisco is going through. I think that is, I've talked about this before. Jimmy Garoppolo targeted Debo uniquely. If any other quarterback other than Jimmy Garoppolo is there, I don't think we can project that that's, that's not like what Trey Lance, like on tape looked like. He didn't look like a guy who throws the ball three yards downfield. <clears throat> so he could be, but it'd be he'd he'd have it'd be odd. Um, another thing is the contract situation that he has could go in a couple different directions. But presuming he stays in San Francisco, like the team has reacted to his contract demands by bringing in somebody else to play running back. So Tyrion Davis. Uh, price is is I, I think that's a good way of reading that they did they, they got stuck having to play Debo at running back last year and Debo saying you have to pay me for that and so they're saying well we're just going to bring in other people so there's a good chance that that running aspect of his game is going to 
be significantly reduced. And when you start looking at as a downfield receiver, I'm, he's a fine receiver, but he's that's not his forte. So you, there's a really good chance that he actually regresses uh, quite a bit. He'll still be good. But um, but if you can sell him with the wide receiver to finish in people's minds, yeah, you'll probably that, get a good price for him. And that's what I'm, I'm looking at. So I'm looking at, 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 for me, I looked at some ADP comps, and there's some guys that I would I would trade him for, and there's some guys I wouldn't. I'd trade him for Stefan Diggs, even though Diggs is 29. I still would do it. I'd trade him for C.D. Lamb. I'd trade him for D.K. Metcalf. I'd trade him for Cal Pitts, Brees Hall, Devontae Adams, even though he's older. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't trade him for A.J. Brown. Um, Derek Henry, Jalen Waddell, T. Higgins is a close one for me. Uh, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook. And that's just because he's Debo's still young enough and he that and he still has a little more of a ceiling yeah. in that offense than I think AJ Brown does. And I know you're gonna talk about AJ Brown next, but but that's kind of how I divided. Like I would be looking to move him if I could get something really good. Yeah. I'm a little surprised to see Waddle on your do not trade list. It's it's it it's the combination of being it's Terry Kill and Tua. I mean, okay. I'd like yeah. Jalen Waddle's a great player, um, but I, I have, I'm much more confident that that Debo can be like the focal point of an offense than sure. Jalen Waddle will be. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that that's also a close one. Um, if you're really, if you're kind of more of in a rebuild mode, then then I would maybe consider that. But um, uh, I probably want something else thrown in. All right, on to AJ Brown, as you promised. Uh, in A.J. Brown's rookie season, he finished as the wide receiver 15 overall, wide receiver 25 in points per game. He missed zero games, uh, but was able to put up uh, 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, and a rushing TD in his rookie season. Uh, he also had 20.2 yards per catch. So he was he was getting downfield. <clears throat> yeah. Or, or also, at least or at least picking up yardage after the catch. Arguably not totally sustainable, but yeah. Sure. Uh, 2020 <clears throat> jumped up. He finished as a wide receiver 11 overall. <clears throat> I think it's the bubble water because I had nothing to drink before I got here. Then I started drinking bubble water, and now my throat's all gurgly. I'm blaming it on the water. Um. <laughs> Not the milk. <laughs> all right. 2020 jumped up to the wide receiver 11 overall, wide receiver 5 in points per game. He missed a couple games his second year. Finished again with about 1,100 yards, but had 11 touchdowns plus a kick return touchdown. So touchdowns went up, yardage stayed about the same, but he dropped to 15.4 yards per catch and missed a couple of games. Last year, dropped back down to the wide receiver 32 overall, uh, back down to the wide receiver 25 in points per game. He now missed four games dropped to a 13.8 yards per catch average and put up only 900 yards and five touchdowns. Now, some of that drop could be they had a different offensive coordinator last year than they had in 2020. They had Todd Downing instead of Arthur Smith. So it might have had something to do with that. Julio Jones was in town last year. I suppose it could have had something to do with that. He didn't do much, though, so I'm not entirely sure about that. Right. I think... Excuse me. I think AJ Brown has just had he's he has a lot of knee issues. He's got knee problems. Yeah, this is what I've been talking about for years. And he's slowly been missing. He missed zero games, then two games, then four games. He's been in a low volume. So it's off. gonna be eight games this year. Well, we'll see if if the pattern holds. Yes, uh, he's been in a low volume passing offense in Tennessee. He's moving to a low volume passing offense in Philly. So I don't see anything improving too much there, at well, least in the short also, term. Plus, he, I'm sorry, but Devontae Smith is a heck of a lot better receiver today exactly. than Julio was last year. Yeah. That's exactly. what I'd say. Yep. So uh, if I were you, his ADP is still relatively high. I would cash in on this high ADP. And some players that are in the neighborhood of, of uh, A.J. Brown, and these are all players that are slightly lower than A.J. Brown's ADP, which is attitude of the people. Um, uh, Joe Mixon, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, 
Mark Andrews, Nick Chubb, and DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf all fall below AJ Brown in ADP, and I would take any one of those guys right now for him. I uh, I think I'm with you on all of them. Honestly, I was just trying to think if there's any one of them that I would be like, no. Um, yeah, maybe some of the sometimes the the older wide receivers, Devonte uh, and Steph. I have a few questions about, but um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's people, people get very defensive when you start saying anything negative about AJ Brown. It just, it's one of these, one of those guys that I feel like, um, you know, if you say something negative about AJ Brown then you don't know anything about football right? and, and I'm just like, I'm not interested in that game for me. It's just, it's real simple. I think he's a really talented player. You put him on. You put him on uh, a, a a different team, and I, you know, he, if he's gets traded to Green Bay, right, <laughs> we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah, except you. I mean, you still have the knee concerns. You do, but but I think then you're still looking at a short term window, even if you look of equal to Steph or Devontae, but also potentially being able to play longer. You know what I mean? So, I I just. And also the short-term gain. And for me, I'm just like, well, the next several years, I, I his ceiling is just not high enough. And Devante, he's playing, he's 29 this year uh, throughout the basically the entire season. I think his birthday is in December. Um, so I, those superstar receivers tend to go a little later. Like yeah. they'll have good seasons through age 31, 32 sometimes. If they're healthy. Yeah. So and he, I think and he's been healthy. Well, for the most part. So. Yeah, you could be looking at four more really good years out of Devontae Adams. I mean, just as a that would be target. an outlier, but yeah, it's it's could could happen. I would put money he's year three more years as really good player. So one of the guys that you said is it for me a clear swapper Rooney. A bit going back to AJ Brown though. I mean, if you have him, like we're not suggesting. And you have a contract decision. You got to give him a contract, and you got to give him a contract. Even if you're going to sell him, you got to give him a contract that's going to be appealing to who, to uh, uh, whoever wants to to take him on. So that I would, I would gear my contract decision around what is going to be the most, the best asset, right for the for the future uh, team owner, right? That's yep. going to have him. Yep, that's and that's how I'd be looking at it. I can't answer that question for your league because I don't know your salary specifically and whatever. But that's that's the the goalpost I'd be trying to hit. Yep. All right, but if you're going to trade him and you can trade him for DK Metcalf, do it right away. And and uh, and I'll tell you, um, and it's real simple. This in, in Metcalf is my next guy, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about him. He's been very stable. He's been good with Russ. He was good with Geno Smith. I don't think there's a single player at his AD, ADP that I would swap him for um, in the league. Um, he's been durable. There was injury questions for him in college. It hasn't really been a thing. We've talked with Dr. Westgard about the screw in his foot. It hasn't really affected him. You know, he's he, you know, went and did that that crazy uh 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 race and whatnot where like you know he he was like competing against olympic athletes and and uh um you know like he he's just kind of doing stuff that's fun because he can because because everything is easy for him at this point he's been he's he's been not not only has he been durable he's been a performer uh the last two years he was wide receiver seven and wide receiver 12 um he hasn't had one of these down years uh, I think he's the most physically dominant player in the game. Um, I think that regardless of uh, where he is, is and what system he's in, I think he'll be successful just because he's, I see him as like a modern day T.O., which is how I profiled him coming out. I think he basically, if you're just f- that physically dominant, you, I, any offense is going to work for him. Um, some will work better. Better quarterbacking will be better for him. He's only 24 years old. Um, so now you're looking at a, 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 a guy that he's using your numbers. Like he could be uh, a force in the NFL for the next eight to 10 years. 
So for me, lock them up, long-term contract, uh, the longest you can afford. I, he's just he's going to be good for a very long time. And if you have an advantage on a first contract where it's cheaper, then use that and and just keep you can keep him on your team for a long time and never have to think about it. So that's my advice on DK Metcalf. Stash him. Stash. All right, Deontay Johnson. Is my guy. He's missed only two games over three years, so he stayed very healthy. Uh, he's not a special athlete. If you look at his workout metrics coming into the league, um, pretty ordinary numbers or even below average numbers. He consistently gets about 11 yards per catch over the course of his NFL career. So he's one of those guys that operates close to the line of scrimmage. He was perfect in Pittsburgh for that um, or with that skill set. Every other stat other than yards per catch has improved over his three seasons. He's gone up in targets, receptions, yards, 100-yard games, and touchdowns uh, all three years. He is a bit of a fumbler. He's fumbled nine times, and that five of which have been nine lost. Nine times. Yeah, uh, five of which have been lost over uh, those three years. So, that I mean, if he hasn't been taken off the field for that yet, it's probably not a concern, but... Um, so his rookie season was decent, 700 yards and five touchdowns, finished as the wide receiver 41 overall as a rookie. In 2020, that went up to 900 yards, seven touchdowns, finished as the wide receiver 23 overall. And then last year, put up 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns. That was good for a wide receiver nine overall finish. Uh, his opportunity metrics last year were really high. He was first in the league in routes run. He had mm-hmm. 37 per game. Second in the league in targets with 169. Wow. He was third in snap share. And Cooper had 200, right? So there was, that's he what's had amazing. just shy of 200. Yeah, so basically 30 more. That's a, that's a, that yeah. puts into perspective how nuts that number was. A minute, yeah. Cooper had a crazy season last year. Uh Deontay was third in snap share. He played 91% of offensive plays for the Steelers, and he was fourth in target share at 28.5%. So his opportunity metrics were huge. His efficiency metrics are less impressive. He was 10th in target separation overall. That's still pretty good, though. It's pretty good, but when I when I looked a little closer, he was 25th in target separation versus man. Mm-hmm. And he was 36th in win rate versus a route win rate versus man coverage. So he was, he's really good against zone. He's less good versus man, but he still was earning targets versus man. He got a lot of targets there. I think some of that probably is Ben is not afraid to, to throw into tight coverage, I'm guessing. I don't know if that'll happen with the new quarterbacks, but it may not matter because I think Deontay is not in Pittsburgh after this year. Really? Well, Pittsburgh, they'd have to re-sign him. He wants a lot of money. Pittsburgh doesn't do that. They don't do that. And they, yeah, they don't pay their receivers. So I just, I'm, I'm guessing Deontay is on a different team next year. I mean, they could, I could see them doing like a franchise or something like that, but then they're paying him a lot of money. So, yeah. He might not be kind of worth that. So really, for me, the bottom line is whether or not Deontay Johnson is actually a special receiver, if he was the product of the Steelers system, I personally would argue he was in a in a system that was really good for what he does the first three years of his career. And he was more a product of the Steelers system than really being a truly special talent at wide receiver. So... He has a relative ADP of four right now, relative to all the other rookies in the 2019 class. Yeah, people think he's the fourth most valuable. That's, don't I, you and I don't have him there at all. No. So, so this is another uh, cash guy for me. Cash in on this opportunity to trade him. Some guy. Now, I don't even believe some of these names, Sean. It's for sure these are one quarterback ADPs. This is coming from fantasy yeah, pros. Of course. Yeah, this is one quarterback. Yeah. So a couple of guys that are not too far in front of him in ADP are Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. If you can pull that off, yeah, yeah, do it. Uh, and then the guys that are falling in, but just slightly behind uh, Deontay Johnson are Michael Pittman, Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins, George Kittle. 
Mike Evans, who's not as old as you think either. Yeah. Um, he's got a few more years left. And Joe Burrow is kind of down down a little Mike bit. Mike Evans just has a few more years of just as a wide receiver one, since yeah, that's what yeah. he does. Yes, exactly. And nobody really kind of just accepts the fact that he is kind of like a moderate, like he's one of the best receivers. Yeah, he's he, been he'll, great. Re- he'll retire and people will be like, I mean, Hall of Fame, really? And then they look at the numbers like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I and, see it. And then people just won't know they were watching a Hall of Fame receiver all these years. Yep. <laughs> so uh, if I were me, if it were me, I would I would be trying to trade Deontay for for one of those guys. Those those uh, those ADP neighbors uh, to me are interesting because you know going across positions and whatnot. But the truth is, is like <laughs> you get Pat Mahomes or Justin Herbert, and you, you're not thinking about that position for a decade, depending on the contract situation. Obviously, that you have available to you, but I still find that just hard to believe that that can even be true in a dynasty yeah. startup. It is, but it's 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 what can you can you survive with a with a quarterback with a less sexy name and and, and that, that's what a lot of it is. Yeah, I suppose the difference between Herbert and Kirk Cousins is not as much, you know. So, um. But and like Pittman, Pittman, I, I, I like Pittman. I think Pittman would be, um, I think he's just got more ceiling. I think we're, we've seen, again, this is another situation where Deontay was, I think he's a good receiver, but I don't think he's going to suddenly jump up and and it's easier to, to for me to wrap my head around that just being, well, Big Ben couldn't really throw more than five yards downfield and that's that's who got the who got those catches. So. Right. And of course, these names we throw out, it all, you have to take salary considerations into, and where your team's at and all that. Yeah, but there's a lot of things that I would, I mean, Deontay Johnson is a guy that was probably drafted in most leagues pretty, pretty late. So he's probably pretty cheap. So there's, so, so moving him, it necessarily means you're probably giving up uh, a player with a, with a nice contract and, uh, taking on a heavier contract is not always great. So if like, but a lot of those other names you had are are also guys that were Michael Pittman was also kind of a, a a second round pick as well. And, um, and he's got a couple, probably has a couple more years left on his rookie deal. So, um, that's, that really intrigues me. The Pittman one does especially. All right. Uh, you and I don't agree on Terry McLaurin. Should we, should we settle this? I feel like I need to find a head-to-head sounder. Uh, sort of. Does it involve you misspelling Terry McLaurin's name? Like the disrespect, disrespect, the sheer disrespect. I had to change the doc. Oh, is it Ian? You wrote Ian. <laughs> like like he was a race car. <laughs> well, it fits. It with, does kind of fit. That's actually another one of his nicknames. It is actually. <laughs> He's got all these F1, right? fast, yeah, fast yeah. nicknames. That's that's what I was doing there. <laughs> Uh, that one fits him probably a little more than Scary Terry. Scary Terry, he, he, I mean, I don't know him personally, but he seems like a pretty nice guy. <laughs> Unless you're a D-back. Right. Then he for <laughs> sure he's scary. All right. Did you want to present yours first? Or you want no, me no. To? Why don't you go first? All right. Well, here's the thing. I, along with probably most people, I do think Terry McLaurin is talented. Yeah, I, have not, him, I know you're not knocking him. So. But I have him ranked down. Otherwise, at, we'd have to fight. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have him ranked down at number 10 in this class right now in terms of players I would want to have on my team. But here's why. You, you were talking... And for the about, record, I have him three. Right, yeah. So this is why we're doing a head-to-head. And I consider having him two, by the <laughs> okay. way. Well, I want to hear why, because you were throwing him in with A.J. Brown and, mm-hmm. and D.K. Metcalf, who have all had wide receiver one finishes or yes. multiple. Yeah. Uh, the finishes for Terry McLaurin have not, been not as much. Wide receiver twenty-seven in twenty nineteen, wide receiver twenty-one in twenty twenty, and wide receiver twenty-five last year. So two out of three years he's finished as a wide receiver three. Are these points per game or, or? these are overall? Okay, I don't know if it changes and how or how much it would change. He's, even he's, he's been, been basically been healthy. healthy, so I don't think it would change too much. Um, Carson Wentz is in town now. Is that a positive? Uh, I don't know. He's not. I'm not a huge Carson Wentz fan myself. Yeah, they've Neither added. 
they've added a, a really talented wide receiver, in my opinion, in Jahan Dotson in the draft this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to take more targets than Cam Sims or what? Adam, Adam Humphreys really have. So? <laughs> no, I, I mean, you and I both really like Jahan. I mean, I think I like Jahan Dotson more than you do. Like, And that's hard to do. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just for me, it's the question of how long do you want to wait? for scary terry to break out he to me he's the dj Moore of the 2019 Ooh. class Ooh. their Ooh. their stats are remarkably they similar are. 1100 yards four touchdowns five touchdowns um and this it's just the same story it's these talented receivers that aren't Me- they're not scoring touchdowns yeah. and so everybody we keep waiting for them to break out so for me i would i would take this opportunity to cash in again and how who you'd cash in on with who? Um, so similar ADPs here. It's actually um, similar list is is uh, is an I, uh, a similar list to uh, what AJ a. Brown was it or yeah. Deontay? That's some of the names that are looking familiar. Deontay. Uh, Deontay. Yeah, yeah. The, the list I just went through for Deontay are similar because the ADPs are similar. So Etienne, Dobbins, Kittle, Evans, Burrow. Lamar Jackson, Chris Godwin are all in the neighborhood of Scary Terry. And some of those I could I would see may, maybe making a swap or Rooney. The problem is is that if you drafted Terry McLaurin, you probably have, have him at your league minimum or very close to that. And Always that, a consideration. That's a huge consideration for me. And speaking of money, you got to follow the money, all right? right? So Washington, Washington, the Washington football team, uh, paid. He's now has the seventh highest wide receiver contract in the NFL, just behind Diggs and AJ Brown. So they paid him, and uh, and he can, they paid him because he's really good and like really good, not just like the best thing that they have, but he objectively is really good. He's one of the highest rated wide receivers consistently. Whether you're talking about PFF or ESPN does like polls by like NFL GMs and players and whatnot, and and he he's in the top dozen there as well. Um, last I think last year he was number one in contested catches. He is always open. Um, I see your argument essentially is two things. One, he hasn't shown us yet what he can be, and so I'm starting to doubt that that is what he can be. I. I get that. It's easier to look at something and say, see, he did that, right? Right. That's that's entirely logical. Um, and the other part to your argument is, even if I want to believe that he's that good, Washington sucks, <laughs> right. right? And so even if, so it, whether the reason is that he's not quite as good as everybody else says or Washington is terrible, either way, it may not matter. Right. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, so, and I can concede all of that. I Where I disagree is I think Washington knows that they're not tied to, this isn't a situation where a team is tied to a what I would call a quarterback problem like Jalen Hurts, who may be great for fantasy, could even be good for the NFL, but not good for fantasy wide receivers, right? Um, they can, they, they're invested in Carson Wentz right now. That's not necessarily a long-term relationship. It's going to be dependent upon how well Carson Wentz does. Carson Wentz, by the way, isn't, you know, you don't love him and I don't love him, but he's not terrible. Somehow he made Michael Pittman the number, the wide receiver 15 last year. So, um, so I say, if you can do that with Michael Pittman, he can do more with a better player. Um, I like Dotson. You, you, your your take kind of hurts me a little bit because it, it does kind of remind me that I, there is a conflict in my heart. But I also think... Who will you love more? Who, Washington paid McLaurin after they drafted Dotson. So I, I feel like Scary Terry is going to eat first and then Dotson will get whatever's left. Big, I think big dog. Big dog eats first. And then the, the little dog could be really good, and maybe the little dog will be the big dog at some point in time. What you have to remember with Terry is that he's old. He's already 27 years old. So so when you're if you have to give him a contract, 
I mean, I would probably not give him a contract longer than four years, four or five years, if you want to be real optimistic. He doesn't have the kind of game that lends itself to um, injury. Um, so you, you, I can see him kind of playing and being really good for a long time. Um, but that that I wouldn't really trade up. Some of those names it do intrigue me for sure. Godwin specifically intrigues me uh, because he's done more. Um, uh, and then if you switch positions, you switch positions, and I, I get that. I, I wouldn't trade Terry for for Joe Burrow. I like Joe Burrow, but I, I, this the positional positional advantage is too great. So that's my that's my counter response. It's not. I don't know that you and I are all that far apart, but we're far enough apart for somehow you had them down at number ten, and so we had to fight. Yeah, should we fight again? Um, <clears throat> we have another head to head on the dock. We have another head to head. You want you want to do it now or later? Uh, you, you we have it next. Let's just do it now. Okay. Uh, Dawson Knox. You have him ranked. Foxy Knoxy. You have him ranked. Yes. At number 12, I have him at number 8 in this draft class. 18. Uh, 18 in this draft class. So, I was going to have a very different response if you had him at number 8. Anyway. True. <laughs> um, so I'll just go over some things. I've, I mentioned maybe a year ago or more, but historically tight ends need at least 85 targets to be to finish as a, as a tight end one. Knox's best target total so far was last year at 71, so he's below that threshold. He scored nine touchdowns last year after scoring three yeah, in 2020 and two in 2019. His best yardage total came last year also uh, with 600. He had 300 yards in 2020 and 400 yards in 2019. So... Knox did turn 25 during last season, so maybe this was just simply that 25-year-old breakout for a tight end. But uh, he was tied for the second-most tight end touchdowns last year, which always begs the question, Sean, who was number one in tight end touchdowns? Last year? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to guess it's Kelsey, but no, Andrews? Is Kelsey or Andrews? I don't know. It was Kelsey with 10. Uh, Andrews and Hunter Henry actually had, they were tied with Knox uh, with nine touchdowns. Hunter Henry. I know, right? That kind of surprised me when I saw that too. He didn't have a terrible year. He didn't have a terrible, he didn't have a a great year. He had a better year than Janu, but yeah. (laughs) He didn't have... I thought Johnny was going to be so good. He thought he was going to be the guy. Gosh. Okay. Well, moving on. Uh, but even with those nine touchdowns, Knox finished as the tight end eight overall last Which year. Which kind of puts him in kind of like that meh right. category. It, it, if he doesn't get the TDs or even here when he did, he's just kind of part of that tight end abyss. So it's not... It's, it's just rarely a smart thing to bet on touchdowns, which you almost have to have unless Knox really ups his yardage and... Uh, target totals and I don't necessarily see that happening. So this is about salary for me. If he's cheap, you got a tight end who showed some promise last year in a really thin position, I would probably say go ahead and stash him if you have him really cheap. But if he's at all expensive, I would anywhere near market value. Yeah. It's it's, I get that. I would I would try to cash him, but I would not be afraid actually to trash him uh, and just free up that roster spot because tight end eight, like you're getting a a few extra points over the tight end fourteen, right? Like maybe like an extra point in the game. It's just not worth holding the roster spot. So so let me let me uh, have a slight disagreement. It's actually even though our we're relatively far apart in our totals. I took a look at it, and it, <laughs> we're less far apart than you realize, because um, basically what it comes down to is the I I just don't believe in the players in between where I have them and where you have them. So it's really just much more of a statement about those other players being. Okay. I, I'm just not excited about um, Hunter Renfro. We'll talk about him or some yeah. you know Tony Pollard or some of these other guys. Um, and I see, okay, I see the possibility that at a position of need, a very, he's a very athletic guy in 
a great offense with a great quarterback. Like there's enough upside there that I'm willing to bet on that. For a, a good example is you have I have him ahead of Irv Smith and Noah Fant. You have him behind at least one of those, if not both. You changed your Noah Fant, but but basically, and then you, the numbers you use to say why he's not why why Foxy Noxy's not exciting. You could also say <laughs> those numbers also apply to those other guys who also haven't done much. I mean, Irv Smith specifically hasn't done much, and I, I do have him behind Irv Smith, right? And and that for me is is I just just I like, one spot. Yeah, it's close, but I I it, it, that's that's kind of what we're talking about is a series of things like that. I have him ahead of Devin Singletary. I have him ahead of Devin Singletary because I think there's a limit on what Devin Singletary can do in Buffalo because of Cook. Like um, maybe if he goes somewhere else or something like that, but but ultimately I don't see that high ceiling as a possibility. And that's even yeah. though I'm not a real big believer in that with Mr. Knox um, because he still has to share with Gabe Davis. He's still, you know, I mean, there's still a lot of other players that have to – have to eat and probably eat before him. James Cook, maybe even. Yeah, Cook, could, yeah. great example. Unbelievable route runner as a as a running back. Right. So, so those are reasons. I don't disagree with your conclusion. Um, our ratings are different, but it's it's not as much of a difference as, as the numbers as it look like. Yeah. If you do decide to try to cash in on Knox, um, I saw a lot of rookies around him in ADP. So, if you have not had your rookie draft yet. It's he might be a good draft night uh, piece that yeah. you could throw if out there. Said, people always get excited on rookie. The, the the rookie the prices of these rookies always increase on rookie night. I'd rather, and then they also the problem is that they also increase um, as soon as somebody has a player. Like you're like I've got the pick number eight, and I'm not sure who I'd take. But the second you take George Pickens. You, it's, you're going to take you have to take two first rounders to get off Pickens off of somebody's roster because they've they've wrapped that player around in their mind, right? right. So if your rookie draft isn't hasn't happened yet, maybe maybe trade I'd move him, him now. Now, not not at the night. Like, hey, yeah. you, you you could use it. You could fill a hole at the tight end spot. Yep. All I'm asking for is a you know a late first or early second, something like that. Yeah. So Dotson, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens, Damian Pierce, Rashad White, and Isaiah Spiller were all kind of right in that. Uh, Dawson Knox range. I like all of those except for Spiller. Hmm. I actually don't mind Spiller. I know. I know. <laughs> lone, lone paw disease. It doesn't take much to get him down. All right. Uh, we're me, right? Hunter Renfro. Um, so Hunter Renfro, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Hunter Renfro. Here's the thing is relative ADP jumped the most spots tied with Debo. Um, he basically had been off, off the off the chart for years and now he's up to 14 on our list. Uh, I think that means you need to sell Hunter Renfro. He had unusual production last year. It is not maintainable. You got to remember a couple things. One, Mr. Henry Ruggs killed somebody and then was off the team. Uh, and, uh, and then Darren Waller got hurt. Uh, Brian Edwards also failed. That led to a wide receiver 11 finish. That will never happen again. Uh, before, so after, once Ruggs was cut, um, Hunter Renfro was the wide receiver 11. Once Waller went out, he was the wide receiver 8. Um, but before that, he was wide receiver 31. Which is kind of where he's been hanging out it's, in previous seasons. That's, but that's what it feels it, like. I didn't look that it's up. It's even but. been lower than that. But the thing is, is now they've um, signed Devontae Adams, who is really good, arguably the best wide receiver in football. Target hog, and by the way, college teammate and friend of Mr. Carr. Uh, Hunter Renfro is not going to get peppered with targets like he was. Um, right now, you can trade him and you can get Ayuk Hertz, uh, Gabe Davis, Dallas Goddard, Tony Pollard, Trey Lance, <laughs> Chase Claypool, uh, Pat Fryermuth, uh, Adam Thielen. Um, George Pickens, Kadarius Tony, these are all smashes for me. You get any of those players, like you, I probably could keep on going down the list and, and find players, and I would I would do that. But like, just it doesn't matter what you're looking for. You're looking to win right now. Great, go get Adam Thielen. Like you know, um, 
you you want somebody who who's going to be around for a while fine get Brandon Ayuk right you need a quarterback there you go and you like Claypool enough to trade for him yep over, okay. I do uh because I, because Claypool has an upside he just does like I think Hunter Renfro is going to be a wide receiver three four five probably for the next five years in the NFL he's Jamison Crowder James, who happened to get really lucky one year, and like, and NFL teams need players like that. He'll be in the NFL. He's just not going to win you anything. And if he ends up being the next like slot guy, Cooper Cup, the next slot guy that just everybody kind of writes off, and then it turns out that he's the best wide receiver in football, or at least one year, great. I'll what what, what do I do? I eat a frog. There you go. It's just it's not going to happen. That so. Is- what you do cash out on mr renfro as quickly and quietly as you can all right i have one more guy sean uh, i'm going to be talking about kyler murray i'm surprised i'm talking about kyler murray but he is way down at uh, adp of eight a relative adp of eight and i think that's criminal <laughs> but i mean it, it's just the it's it's the one quarterback it thing, is, but, yeah. but well, let me let me lay out my argument why I think okay. that's just wrong. Uh, he fin- rookie season finished as the quarterback seven overall, quarterback twelve in points per game. Second year in twenty twenty, he was the quarterback two overall, quarterback four in points per game. Last year, he missed three games. He still finished as the quarterback ten overall, yep. and maintained his quarterback four in points per game. He's never been anything but a quarterback one for fantasy. He just got a five-year, $230 million contract with the Cardinals. I think the case could be made that he sh- he should be the top rookie in this class. Now, yeah. Adebo, I think he's up there. Obviously, I ranked him up there, but mm-hmm. it, I thought about putting Kyler at the it, top. It, it really just depends on how much you value the quarterback position relative to your league, but also a guy that just kills it every year is important. It's really valuable. It's a difference maker, and people underestimate that because there's a difference between Kyler Murray and Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So I, this is where I took some notes on Debo. I mentioned he had 1,800 yards last year. He also had 14 touchdowns. Mm. And with those numbers, what blew my mind is that Cooper Cup outscored him by three points per game still. That is nuts. Over the course of the year. Like, that was just a crazy year by Cooper. Yeah. Won so many leagues, I bet. Yep. So... um even if you put, uh, uh, I, I, yeah, I guess I already said Not that. our league, by the way. The guy, I don't even think, made the playoffs. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Imagine how bad you have to be in fantasy football to have Cooper Cup and not make the playoffs. And Travis Kelsey, by the way, and not make the playoffs. It's yeah, yep. really, really bad. Yeah, he's, yes. <laughs> Are you going to say his name? Nope. <laughs> Kyler turns 25 next month, so he's still really young. So what I what I think... If it were me, it seems like his ADP still is kind of low. I would maybe see if I could trade for him. Now, I don't know if this will work out, but uh, that's this is kind of a cash in in the other direction and yeah. see if you can yeah, yeah, buy this yeah, dip yeah, or yeah. so. Uh, it's not some, a dip, but it's just it's, it's just, just people bu- not really quite seeing the value. It's yeah. the uh, Davis Mills uh, syndrome, like it people is, just yeah. don't don't aren't buying in. So you could get. Um, Keenan Allen for him, uh, depending on if if you're like a win now. I'm, you could give up I'm Keenan Allen. You could him. give up Keenan Allen for yeah, him. Yeah, I like the first name on your list even more, though. If, yes, if you are not necessarily, well, even if you're going for it this year, you could give Fournette. I would do Fournette's in, in the same neighborhood as Murray. So Keenan Allen, Rashad Bateman. Fournette might might eat Kyler Murray. <laughs> uh, Amari Cooper. I can make that joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fellow yeah yeah my word uh amari cooper josh jacobs and trey lance now the reason i put lance on this list is simply because we mentioned uh yeah, I guess trey lance's upside is kyler murray right basically and, and kyler murray's doing it and we're hearing these reports out of san fran in the off season with questions about trey and i'm not out on trey but for me it's like do i think do you really think that trey lance is going to be like some totally different kind of robo QB that that throws for Pat Mahomes numbers and rushes for Lamar Jackson numbers and that's just going to be 
No. He's going to be some combination, and yes, he could be really good, but if he's really good, then he's Kyler Murray. Right. So go get, just go get Kyler Murray. Get the guy that you know, yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, cash in, but Uh, cash in for Kyler Murray. I I have another guy here. Uh, I'll try to be quick. Hollywood Brown. Uh, I'm talking about Hollywood because I think I I need to do uh, admit that I was wrong. Um, Oh, now I really got to mark this tape. (laughs) This does not happen every day. Well, for the record, I think you've (laughs) also been wrong on Marquise Brown as well, but... Here's the thing. So he, he's the player from this class that, that rose the most. Um, most of the time when I pigeonhole a player, he kind of stays in that hole, and, and Hollywood has not. So he came out. I didn't think he was physically large enough to succeed. I thought he might end up in the John Ross. Everybody wants to use John Ross, but he but ended up somewhere in there. And then he got drafted by the quarterback I was least interested in him being paired with. Um but he's always he's been okay. He last couple of years he's wide receiver thirty four, wide receiver twenty three. Like that's that's not terrible. Uh, it's decent. You can you can win some games with him. Um, that's a guy that needs to be rostered. Yeah, absolutely. Um, last time uh, he was with with Kyler Murray, however, uh, he had thirteen hundred yards and twelve touchdowns in twelve games. Uh, that's college. This is the NFL, but. With Hopkins being suspended for a substantial amount of time and also being 30 years old already, um, this is the next connection. I cannot imagine that Arizona gave up a first rounder for a one year deal. So they haven't, Hollywood's still playing out the last contract. They picked up the fifth year option, but he's going to get his payday. And he's going to get his payday after lighting things up, I think, with Kyler for the first half of the season. Um, maybe when DHAP comes back, it'll, it'll be a little bit of a um, a fade, but I, I don't see Hopkins as being a major uh, challenge to his, uh, to his dominance long-term, just by virtue of his age. I'm not exactly sure when Hopkins' contract runs out. But if you keep talking, I'll look it up. Okay, I'll just keep talking. <laughs> um, so uh, Hollywood is only twenty five years old, so I would I would basically plan on signing him for four or five years. Um, I think his game is is kind of built that he can be good. I mean, Deshaun Jackson was good for for quite some time. Um, so. Uh, but whether I would trade him or not is a different question. Um, I looked at his ADP and thought, okay, well, it does. There are players that I would trade him for, and there are some players that I would trade to get him. So I would trade him to get Zeke, Mike Evans, Kenny Walker, and Godwin. Those are the four that that I that were near him that I said I would trade. Um, people that I would trade to get him. Fournette, Lamar, Judy, Traylon Burks. You would trade him for for Zeke. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you're a win now, or you think Zeke's got plenty of tread on the tires? I think he's got plenty of tread on the tires. Okay. Zeke's only 26. Yeah, I remember that. He's only 26 years old. Um, I think Zeke will be around for three years of being a, a good running back in the NFL. He won't be Zeke his first couple of years. That's probably true. But I think uh, he does he does everything well, and he's very valuable. So whether he's in Dallas or not, he'll he'll be he'll he may he may finish out like a Melvin Gordon or something like that. But I, I think he'll be good for many years. Yeah. Right. But especially you know um, for right now. But I'm higher on Zeke than than average. We look at ADP, and I just think that that's wrong. So. Uh, there's a, and it's mostly because I think, well, it's a whole different topic, but I think a lot of people just think that Tony Pollard is better. And you look at the tape, Pollard is given very different responsibilities, and it makes him look better because he doesn't have to do as much. So, so getting back to Hopkins, he is signed through 2024. Uh, Spotrack says they have an out after this season, but there's still a pretty hefty dead cap number. It's over yeah. 22 million. So he's probably going to be there for two more years. Probably. I yeah. just, he'll be there. 
I, I just, I, I'm really interested in what, how the first half of this year shakes out. Cause if, if, if Hollywood has a really nice start to the, we just might see a change in who the primary receiver is there. Hmm. So anyway, I, I, I'm not projecting crazy. He's not the next DeAndre Hopkins. He's, he's a good receiver. He's not that, but I think he, I think he could put up some good numbers this year. All right. That's going to wrap it up for our fourth year players. We obviously didn't cover all of them. We actually had more. We we did have some we ran more. Out of time. We're at an hour and, and, we're just going to cut it off there. But if you have questions about a fourth-year player, uh, please contact us. You can get to us on our Facebook group. If you're part of that, you can DM Sean or myself. I'm at SteelPod on Twitter. I'm at SteelPod, Sean. And, um, on Twitter. On Twitter. And uh, you could email us if that's your preferred mode of communication at SteelPod at gmail.com. And then Tim will get it and forward it to me for the answer. <laughs> Wow. I don't, I don't right have there? access to it. That's your, that's your, that's all oh. I'm saying. And same with Facebook. I would. Yeah. Facebook right now group. I'm, I'm just, you, I don't even want... know why, I don't even know why you pay me. <laughs> yeah. You're really falling down on the social media and the thing, Sean. All right. Well, thank you for joining us this week. We are going to be moving into over and underrated players the next couple of episodes. So join us for that. And until then. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at Steel Pod.